In a world of bus schedules and business calls, sidestep into a realm of Koigyu casting in Klingons. Okay, people, get your geek on. Hi everyone, it's September 28th, 2012, and you're listening to episode 55 of Knit One Geek 2. I'm Karen. And I'm Maggie. And we are huddled in our chairs, waiting overnight so we have prime seats for the grand parade of the Niagara Wine Festival. I'm cold! It's cold! I thought you said we had to get out here early! We do! I thought other people would be here! It's cold! Well, that's why we get here early! So nobody else has, else is out here. It's cold because it actually is cold now. Because coming out because getting there at nine o'clock to get the good seats is for wimps. <laughs> no, we are not actually outside for the parade. We are nice. We are nice and cozy and warm in Nitwin Geek Two headquarters. Yes, aka my house. If we were out there, we'd be nice and warm because we are. We have a lot of yarn a and lot of woolly things and yummy stuff to keep us warm. So I went first last week. You go first this week. I thought I went first last week. Oh well. I was just pulling that out of thin air, technically. Yeah, I'm the one editing the episode here, Jimmy. <laughs> Damn it. I remember this stuff, it so. It didn't work. Adventures in Knitting, you go first this oh, week. Oh, fine. Okay, I only did one more repeat on the Dragon Shawl so far. Ooh. Yes. So, it hasn't really grown as much because there's been a lot of TV time going on at my house. And this is lace work, and theref- yeah. therefore... Not TV knitting. Not unless it's something very familiar, no. Oh my gosh, I can't. It's like, it's, I have to fondle it every time I, I roll know. it out. It's so soft. It's so soft. As I rub your leg. Yeah, well. I'm we, rubbing the show. We, we won't go into that nuke comment that you made earlier, okay? <laughs> I'm not going there. <laughs> and we didn't have the mic on, guys, so there's, it's not going to be an outtakes either. Oh, that is so soft, and I love that slip stitch pattern look, and oh, this is just gorgeous so far. But I'm at the fifth repeat, and that is, I have to do nine. Okay. So I'm really... You're cranking along. Yeah. In other words. Yeah. So far. Which which is which is fine, and I'm happy with it, because, yeah. hey. I mean, admittedly, it is like, it is a shawl that starts at the back neck. Yeah. And goes down, and the triangle gets wider. So, it so is I mean, the, it's easy to yeah. think, like, oh, yeah, I'm really rocking along at this point. But Go ahead and pop my balloon now. No, but, like, yeah, but if you do get through that part, like, really fast, then that just gives you a lot more time to work on yeah. more complicated bits. Yeah. So there's that. Also, you may remember that I had a one-by-one slice of crazy in my life. Mm-hmm. Look, once again, the needles and the yarn are all orgified together. There we go. Well. Go. Your yarn is just, you yep. know. I know. Thinks it's the 70s, man. Key parties and everything. Look at this. I Ooh. now have something that repre- that looks like a bolero at the moment because this is the easy ruffle coat and it's by Rachel Mad. It's a free pattern on Etsy. So I was doing that one by one rib for 60 inches and what you do is you fold it over and you sew up one third on either side mm-hmm. and those are your sleeves and you pick up stitches going around the circle that's left in the middle mm-hmm. and you just knit a circle out. And that becomes the body. And that becomes yeah. the body. And with the way that and it's now a two-by-two two slice of crazy pie. Yeah, because now you're doing two-by-two two rib. Right. In a circle. Yes. Forever. Forever. For for nine inches. All nine inches. Never mind. Um, <laughs> oh. I'm sure you guys can finish that sentence. Whatever. So, yeah, that's what I'm doing. And the reason I got quite a bit of this done is because, yeah, 
<clears throat> there was a lot of TV knitting going on because the newbie has now seen the Fellowship of the Rings. Uh, we felt it was important and loves it. Yes, we felt it was important to educate her on the whole Tolkien saga before her foray into the world of the Hobbit with us in December. So there's that, and I've been debating and trying to decide what I'm going to do for my on the plane knitting. Oh yes. And an interesting little bit of kismet happened. Yes. There's been a pattern that I've had in my queue for a little while, and I actually treat my queue as my queue, not as my collections of favorites. <laughs> yes, but not my, like me. Yeah, but my actual queue. It's called The Daughter Air by Samantha Holt. It's a pair of socks. It is a free Ooh. Ravelry download, and check out those cables. Oh, that is gorgeous. Check out the back. Oh, man. Is that not pretty? That's gorgeous. It makes me happy in my pants. This episode's getting an R rating. Like, <laughs> oh, please. It always gets an yeah, explicit rating. Yeah, it always rating. gets an explicit Anyway. Just to cover our butts. So, it looks it looks like a really pretty pattern. That is gorgeous. And the pattern patterning comes to a point sort of at the top of the instep. Even, even the gussets are patterned. Mm-hmm. Oh, man. I want to do those. So, I've had that in my, my queue as the next thing to do. But all I'd really looked at was... You know, the pictures. It didn't really occur to me to, when I stopped and I read the description of what was behind the inspiration. Mm-hmm. The sock inspired by a char- this sock is inspired by a character in the Wheel of Time book series, the daughter heir of Andor, Aes Sedai of the Green Aja. Uh, the Wheel of Time series is by Robert Jordan. Jordan. Yep. I'm listening to it in audiobook right now. Ooh. And I'm like, what? I, did, Psychic. Did I read that right? What the? Yes, I know who she is. Elaine, the daughter heir of Andor. I said, I, holy, okay, so this is a green Aja sock, is it? Alrighty then. You can knit it while you're listening to the audiobook. And I have green yarn. Ooh. I have green sock yarn. I have the green, green turtle pearl yarn. Yes. It has little flecks of gold in it, but. Mm, that would be perfect. I was like, hi. Kismet socks. Those are mine. I'm making those. I just need to make sure that I have them started a little bit before the flight, obviously, yeah. to show that I am a true knitter and that I am not actually a ninja with blow darts. Well, it's done, it's done cuff down. Plus, that way you have a little ways to get, that way you can sort of get into the cable pattern yeah. a little bit before you have to try and you know yeah. do it on the plane. But, oh, those are pretty. They are pretty. I want those now. I, I, I might have to make those. Add to the queue. You do have to be prepared probably for some charts and well, some yeah. cabling. Yeah. This. Yeah. With that, that main cable, yeah, I, I'm thinking some major chartage is going on there. It's really pretty, and I'm just now noticing... Oh God, she's got them for other characters. Yeah. There's Moraine, and then, of course, it's blue. Yeah, I'm going to have to add more socks to my queue. Oh, no. Oh, no. Such is a difficult life. I know. My life is so hard. Oh, dear me. So is that you? Yep, that's what I've been knitting. Okay, well, I started a project, and then I ripped it out. So I I was looking for another project, and I've also been thinking... Oh, wait, this was the project from Knit Night last night, wasn't it? Yeah. I've also been thinking I should really make myself some hand warmers, or fingerless mitts, or whatever the hell you want to call them. Because it is, as we have said, it started getting cold, and the other day I was like, you know, my hands are kind of cold, I wish I had hand warmers. And I'm going to want them at work soon soon enough. Yeah. Especially at the 125-year-old tiny building Historical is now my... You know, it's the major location I work at. Because it can get cold in there. So, I started the Goth Mitts by Nicole Etzinger, N-I-C-O-L-E, 
E-I-T-Z-I-N-G-E-R, uh, published in Dye for Yarn Designs. It's 250 euros, so about, you know, $3.25 Canadian, mm-hmm. about the same for American. And it's done in fingering weight yarn, and it is these gorgeous fingerless mitts. Those do look pretty. With this really pretty twisted stitch cable pattern on the top. And they are seriously gorgeous. The thing was, I just screwed up one bit, and there was one part of the... the, It was probably because Thursday was a really long day, and so I was tired. But I got to the point where you have to repeat the chart, and my brain was just like, I don't get it! And I had made a mistake, and I was like, screw it, ripping out. And I'm probably going to add a few extra stitches, because my, you know, I have fat forearms, so... The poor newbie's face, which you saw you frogging that. I know. She looks horrified. (laughs) She looks seriously horrified. It's not the pattern, I'm sure. It's probably just my own... I had missed something and screwed something up, and then my brain just wasn't working because I was tired. So I'll cast on again. I'll cast on a couple extra stitches to give myself a little extra... Give. Give for my my forearms. Now I want to make arm warmers now. Mm -hmm. And I'll give it another go. Because now I want to make all the the hand warmers. I want to have, like, another pair on the go, too. You're going to be like... Something completely different. Some, some kind of Eastern goddess with you know, eight pairs of hands? Something like that, yeah. Yeah. I'm think, I, I'm tempted to make, like, a, just a huge batch of them and have, like, one pair in every single bag I have and one pair in the pockets of every single coat I have and then, you know, a couple more pairs just sort of shoved in the hall closet so I just <laughs> grab some. Okay, that's admirable, but it'll take you all winter to knit those. Maybe. They don't take that much. I mean, this one only take this. These ones they go fairly far up the forearm. Like I think in the pictures. Let me just double check the pictures again. Yeah, they go fairly far up the forearm, and they only take two hundred and eighty to three hundred yards. Of oh, yarn, that's not far. Which is that's a little less lot. than the other socks. And I've, I was looking at a lot of other arm warmer, arm warmers, hand warmers, fingerless mitts, and you know, depending on how long you make them, you could get a pair out of like two hundred yards of sock yarn. Yep. Or 300 yards of sock yarn. You know, it might not take that long. And especially depending on the pattern Yes. on them. If there's not a fit, you know, fancy pants pattern on them, they wouldn't take quite so long. So I'm sure I could crank quite a few out. I just need to actually sit down and knit, which I haven't done a lot of lately. <laughs> I have not had much time for the knitting this week. And I just kind of want to curl up on the couch one day and just knit all afternoon and tell the rest of the world to go away. And actually, these ones are kind of neat, too, because you basically... You know, we have a knit in public day. We should have a screw-off on knitting day. <laughs> yeah, something like that. These ones, actually, for the fingers, what you do is you just sew the back and the front of the, the gloves together in between where your fingers are. Mm-hmm. So you don't have to, like, knit each little finger individually, uh, which see. is nice, because I did that with gloves last year, and oh my god, I hate it. So yeah, I and oh, and I should mention, I was doing those in Indigo Dragonfly Merino Cashmere Nylon Yarn. Is that the bell... Belfast or no? This Ticker is Belfast. No, this is uh, it is a fertile land and we will thrive. Ah, okay. Colorway, which is you know a Firefly reference, and of course it's different shades of green, some little bit of brown and stuff in there, and it's so pretty. And it looked gorgeous when it was knitting up. I just have to restart it. <laughs> so there was that. I've worked a little bit on the Lakeshore shawl, and I think since the last time we podcasted, I've did like at least. I can't remember how much of the chart I had finished the last time we talked, but I have definitely finished a full chart repeat since I picked up the pa- picked up the project again mm-hmm. after a couple months. So it is slowly making progress. But the big news this week 
is my Hobbit Along project. Yay! Let's see, let's see, let's see. Maggie has not seen yet. This is the Blue Moon Fiber Art Socks That Rock Heavyweight Yarn in the Tempest colorway. Look at that. A rich, dark teal. Yeah, dark greeny, slightly tealish. Not really teal, though. No, it's not very, really. It's very sort of a dark green. No, it is a dark green, Like yeah. foresty green. And there's some parts where it looks a little bit more, like, grayish. Muted. And muted. So it's got little subtle variations in color. That's beautiful. Mm-hmm. It looks perfect. <laughs> it is the perfect color. Oh, smell the vinegar. Oh, I love that smell. She's huffing vinegar, people. Yes, I'm huffing the bag. Look at that. Yeah, there's slightly lighter areas and slightly darker areas. I love their soft base. And this is this is the heavyweight, which is a bit more like a kind of like a DK weight. Mm -hmm. But isn't that pretty? 198, 350 yards to seven ounces. And this is the, of course, love the Lothlorian cape by Susan Pandorf, part of her Fellowship of the Ring collection. And I was kind of hoping I'd get to start it at midnight the other night because you start from the bottom and work your way up. So you cast on 458 stitches. Holy mother of. <laughs> And I figured Knit Night would be a good time to just, you know, be able to talk to people and cast on. And just keep going. But I just didn't have time to wind the yarn and everything that morning and, and search out the needles and everything like that. So I'm going to have to do it some other day when I'm, like, watching TV or something. And, you know, all I'll do is basically, like, you know, I have to cut, when I have to cast on large numbers of stitches, I just cast on, like, 50 and put a marker yeah. on. Yeah. And then you concentrate on cast, casting on another 50. Put a marker on. Yep. You know, and keep doing that, and then occasionally count how many spaces you have between markers. And then, you know, multiply that by 50, and then you know how far you've gotten. It's much easier to double-check, and it's much easier when you get to 50 to double-check, just to count up to 50. Yeah. Before you place the marker. Then to count. Then to try and count 458. Because you know, <laughs> somewhere, right. somewhere between 200 and 300, somebody's going to come in and ask you a question. Yeah. And if you have to count up that high, you know that, like, you can do it three times, and you're going to get different numbers each time, yes. because it's just not going to work. <laughs> and there is instructions in the pattern for doing... It's originally done in Unique Sheep Wild Thing. Uh, Unique Sheep is the dyer. And she has gradients colorways, so she dyes separate skeins to work in sort of a gradients. So there is uh, instructions here if you want to work in a gradients, even from, you know, maybe from another dyer or something like that, or maybe one that you've dyed yourself or something like that. But how to, you know, alter the skein so that it gradually changes. And then there's also instructions on making a little, like a yarn frog closure. Ah, okay. It's taken from the Nikki Epstein book, Knitting Beyond the Edge. But mainly, there's actually not a lot of instructions, a lot of directions. Oh dear. Mainly because it's cast on 458 stitches, work as directed by chart. <laughs> and then you don't really, there's really no other instructions until you get to the neckband, which is around one, row 162, because... Oh my word. There's the charts. <laughs> I mean, basically, you're knitting it in, like, you're knitting different wedges to create this cape. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So there's a chart for each wedge. That looks like the Empire State Building. Yeah, it does. Oh, dude. Oh, that was the first half, too. Yeah. That I'm was chart that. one, which gets you halfway up. And then there's chart two, oh, which dude. looks like the top of the Empire State Building. Yep, it does. And it gets you the rest of the way up. And, I mean, each time you're narrowing, you know, you you make it... Yeah. It's smaller every so, few rows. So, so your project is the opposite of mine, where it should yeah. go faster towards the end. Yeah, theoretically. Theoretically, yes. Of course, by the time I get to that point, I'm going to have a lot more fabric in my lap that I'm turning back and forth for relatively few stitches, whereas you'll have lots of stitches, you'll have lots of fabric in your lap, but you also have lots of stitches that you don't have to turn as often. 
True. So, we'll see how it goes. <laughs> I'm hoping to get this wound up maybe on Sunday. And I might have to put on... Ooh, it might be a good thing to do while I'm watching Avengers ooh, the first time. For the first time? Well, the DVD for oh, the first time. okay. I was going to say, how many times did you see it in the theater, woman? Five, I think, altogether. Or six. I can't remember if I beat my Titanic record. No comment. Or no, if I tied my Titanic record, because my Titanic record is now at six, but with the 3D one and everything. Oh, dear. <laughs> but yes, I got the DVD the other day. It was kind of funny. There was almost nobody in Best Buy when I was there, because it was like, you know, 10, 30, 11. Uh, but there were four of us in line at the checkout. All with Avengers at her hands. I haven't had time to watch it, though. I was hoping to get tons of stuff done on Wednesday, and then my boss was like, um, can you stay until five and be on the circ desk all day? And it's like, crap, I was going to do tons of stuff while I was on the info desk. So yeah, that didn't happen. (laughs) I'm going to have to find some time this weekend to watch it, because I need my Avengers! Yeah, no kidding. Though, I'm also slightly afraid of my iPod touch. Well, maybe not, because it's, it's, Seems to have inherited the the psychic qualities of my previous iPod. And that would be? My previous iPod and iTunes seems to have a knack for playing certain songs at certain times Uh that just seem to fit either in the best or worst kind of ways. Oh dear. Like like the universe is sending you either a psychic push or a psychic kick in the pants? Yes. Like, you know, I'd be writing something and I'd be writing a really sad thing or something like that. And then all of a sudden the music would switch over to something epically sad or something. Or it'd be a song that like fit. Like the best example is I was listening to my iPod the first time I went to New York and I went to, um, well, basically at the, at that point it was just the pit where the, the twin towers used to be. Right. And as the train, the subway train was pulling into the station, it started playing U2's Peace on Earth. It was like, iPod, <laughs> what are you doing? <laughs> so this time, after just because this one apparently this one apparently likes to screw with me, after buying Avengers, I'm like, I really want to listen to the score now. So I put it on, and I put it on like the main theme, right? And of course, it was on shuffle. And the next track it played after that one was the track they called it, which is from that one bit. Oh dear. Yes. Oh and dear. everyone listening knows exactly who has seen Avengers know exactly what I'm talking about. And I'm like, nope, 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 nope. Let's change. Oh, dear. another track. <laughs> la, 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 not listening. But yes, so I'm going to have to watch Avengers, and maybe that's when I'll cast this on. Sounds like a plan. Yes. Eee. Eee. It's gorgeous yarn. Yarn and in the mail always makes a hap- for a happy day. Mm-hmm. Always. Especially when there's a nice big bag of it. Yeah. Sitting on the table when it comes inside. But yay, so I can finally start my Hobbit Along project. And the Hobbit Along thread is up, in case anyone else is crazy enough to have a big project. Some people have already started posting people, and yep. musing about their projects. About it. I think there was somebody else who was doing an epic project. The, there was a one who wanted to do Galadriel's Mirror. Yes. And I was like, totally beautiful, I salute you, go for it. Yeah, Cyprian was said, said she's going to do the Dragon Wings shawl. Someone else was thinking of doing uh, digital. Dina was thinking about knitting the Gimli socks. Ferkstrick. Ferkstrick <laughs> was yes. Yeah, she was thinking of doing. Yeah, she started last weekend. But like, by the way, if you've already started, it's not cheating. Like, we don't care. It's not like you have to do it in this little period. You can already have started, especially if you think you're going to need the time. Which, if you're doing Galadriel's mirror. Yes. Yes, you're going to need the time. Because that one is an absolutely epic. It's epic pretty, but it's also epic. Gorgeous lace and twisted stitch cable piece of amazingness. It's just this gorgeous shawl. I I can has one? That is amazing. And I want to do it. Yeah. (laughs) But not until well after I finish this cape, I think. What weight 
is That's is done fingering. in fingering weight. That would keep you cozy. Ooh, yes. That'd be nice and warm. Yeah. Yeah, if just looking at the, the tags for that pattern, it says bubble or popcorn, lace, ruffles, smocked, textured, twisted stitches. So gorgeous. Yes, it is. But yes, so moving into Geek Squee. So for Hobbit Day last week. It was the 75th anniversary of The Hobbit, wasn't it? Yeah, of the publishing of The Hobbit a week ago. And there was a London celebration where they transformed this park into Hobbiton for a day. And they even had a huge tent. Oh my god. I would for a party. So would have been there in full costume and oh happy. It would have been awesome. And Andy Circus read part of The Hobbit to over 150 guests, and he did so partially in character. Now, for anybody who doesn't know who Andy Circus is, he does the voice and he wears one of those suits with, for the motion capture. Motion he, capture. I mean, he pretty much is Gollum. He is Gollum. Like, yes. especially because, like, he he wears a motion capture suit, but it, for the filming of The Lord of the Rings, especially for Two Towers and Return of the King, he was dressed in, like, a green suit so they could, you know, digitally replace yeah. him with Gollum. But he did, like, facial expressions, and he basically was the character. Yes. And they just, you, all they did is they painted Gollum, Gollum's body over him. Right. But used him as the reference for even the emotion and everything like that. So he really is the character. But it's really, <laughs> it's really weird to watch this video, which you can find on themarysue.com, and it's themarysue.com, Andy, A-N-D-Y, dash, circus, S-E-R-K-I-S, dash reading, dash the, dash hobbit, dash as, dash golem. It's just so funny to hear that voice coming out of that head. Yeah, it, it's weird, because he, I mean, he reads it. Like, it's Gollum's voice. Yes. But it's just this dude that the voice is coming out of. And he, it's surprising to hear him say, it's been 12 years since I've had to be doing the part, and I'm, I'm like, stopping, taking it back, going, oh my god! Yeah, it's been 12 years. Holy crap, yes, it has been a long time. There are teenagers who are going to go see The Hobbit, who either were not born... When some of the movies came out, Lord of the Rings movies, or we're not anywhere near old enough to go. You are making me feel so damn old. I don't like you right yeah, now. Yeah, same here. Holy <laughs> nut bars. Yeah. He was uh, talking about how he keeps trying, he's trying to get back into the character. Yeah. I mean, because like I said, you know, he basically is the character, so it... But he's also seeing everybody else's impersonations of it. Yeah, and he's seeing... And of it. And, and parodies and that sort of thing. And, you know, good for him because he has, he seems like he has a really good sense of humor about it. Mm -hmm. But yeah, you should really see the video. Also, just to see, like, the tent and everything they have set up. Like, oh my god, that looks awesome. I would so be there. I would have loved to be there. And in other classic nerdiness, this today, actually, is also the 25th anniversary of the premiere of Star Trek Next Generation. Live long and prosper, dudes. And as part of that, or in a bit of good timing, the people at Comediva, <laughs> that's www.comediva.com, they have done a parody of, you may have seen online all these references to and parodies of a South Korean pop rap song called Gangnam Style by the artist Psy, P-S-Y. And it's become, if you haven't heard of it or haven't seen parodies of it and stuff. It has become huge here, mainly because the video is just odd. <laughs> it's just... It's an earworm, too. Yeah, it, it is very much an earworm, and I would highly suggest go look for the video on 
YouTube first, because it helps if you've seen the original video. And it's Gangnam, G-A-N-G-N-A-M style. And it's actually, I was reading an article earlier today, it's actually interesting that, you know, a lot of the thing, one of the things that a lot of people in North America and the rest of the world don't get because they can't hear the lyrics and they don't know the, the background of it is that it's actually very much like social commentary satire sort of thing. Like I mentioned to Maggie earlier, it's a bit sort of like the South Korean version of Pretty Fly for a white guy. Yeah. Because Gangnam District is actually a part of Seoul where, you know, it's basically like if Silicon Valley and Manhattan's Upper East Side and Beverly Hills were all mashed into one yep. and it's all the, you know, someone who wants to be, who's trying to pretend, who's trying to seem like he's from there. Which is why the video is all about this guy with an attitude and sunglasses and a bow tie keeps trying to make the uh, Beverly Hills life while living in a sandbox type thing. Yeah. He's trying to look cool and like, sun- like he's sending himself on the beach and he's actually at a kid's playground, that sort of thing. Well, there's a parody version of it from Comediva called Klingon, Klingon Style. <laughs> and the entire thing, or most of the song, is in Klingon. Klingon. And it's pretty damn good. It is hilarious. And everybody else is dressed up like characters from Star Trek Next Generation. And they parody a lot of the scenes pretty good. Yeah, there's like Riker and someone else playing that three-dimensional chess. There's Data. (laughs) Data. Guinan. Oh, Oh, yeah. Oh, my God. I lost it when I saw Guinan. That was the breaking point right there. But yes, it is... It is perfect. I keep thinking, oh my god, I just keep thinking about it and seeing them doing the dance moves. That's hilarious, too, because in the original video, you'll notice there's one where they do, like, that sort of shaking their fist in the air, like rotating their fist in the air. But of course, when they do it in the Klingon style video, it's the Vulcan hand. The Vulcan salute. Yeah, I highly recommend everybody go see that. And actually, I'd suggest go look at the rest of Comediva as well. They have a series, I've only just barely started watching it. But they have a series called the Banff Girls Club. It's an online series with Hermione Granger, Katniss Everdeen, Elizabeth Salander, Buffy the Vampire Slayer, and Bella Swan, all living in the same house. How does Bella survive? I don't know. Because I'm sorry, Katniss would just pretty much haul out and beat her ass. (laughs) Sorry for anybody who's a Twilight head. Oh, and one other character, there's another character I didn't, whose name I didn't recognize. She's actually from The Walking Dead. Okay. But yes, so there's multiple episodes of this so far. Banff Girls, I'm gonna have to see this. Yeah, I have to watch the rest of it. Yeah, we're gonna have but to see this funny. and come back and compare notes. Yes. <laughs> By the way, speaking of having to see something and compare notes, Elementary came on this past week. Yes, it premiered last night, actually. And we didn't get to see it. Yeah, I had stuff to do. And Sorry, guys. Life. Yeah, we got high. It was stuff to do, and I was exhausted after that night, so... So if anybody else out there has seen it, comment in the forum and let us know what you thought about it until, you know, we've seen it, and we'll tell you what we thought about it. Yep. I'll have to check it out and see if it's online, and I can watch it. Because, yeah, I'm interested in seeing how it how it does. I have heard, like, I've seen a lot of, you know, fairly good reviews for it. Even from, like, Sherlock fans. Okay. Or especially from Sherlock okay, fans. Okay, well, that's positive. Like, the, ba- the Baker Street Babes had a review, and I think their their latest episode is about that, too. Oh, and also in Sherlocky TV news, the Emmys were last weekend, and Sherlock was up for a number of awards in the miniseries or TV movie, and didn't win any of them. Boo. Sadly. I wasn't really expecting them to. 
really, considering. From what I read, because they only had three episodes, that's not enough to count as a miniseries. So they had to enter one episode as, like, a TV movie. And I think, you know, it, the show's kind of popular and everything like that, but I don't think it was... I mean, it's still a British show on PBS, and I don't think it would have had the same amount of exposure as some of the other ones that were up, like Game Change, which was, you know, about Sarah Palin, or the Hatfields and McCoys, which I know was, you know, getting a lot of advertising. Okay, well... Um, and which, you know, were the ones that won, so, you know, it's not surprising. But still, sad. Much sad. Especially because Benedict Cumberbatch and Martin Freeman were there. Oh, man. I hear that Benedict's getting lined up to be the next Bond villain. Yes, there's supposedly in talks about that, which so could be interesting. Interesting in so much of a panty explosion kind of, oh kind of way. Oh my god, yes. Like, can't you just see him being, I mean, I'm sorry, Benedict is fantastic when he does the superiority role. Mm-hmm. And that's what every Bond villain is. Oh so my he, god, yes. Like, you see, I, that's some sort of villainous mastermind. Yes, sitting in an armchair with his, you know, leg crossed and, you know, yes. flicking a button and, you know, there's... So, Mr. Bond. Bond. Yes! <laughs> oh my god. Especially, and I can you imagine him doing, like, action-y stuff, too? Yeah. Now that I think about it. Because, yeah. like, you know, I can imagine, you know, the villain in Bond having a shootout or something. That would be kind of interesting. And they're always, they that. are always very well dressed. Mm-hmm. The villains in Bond. Rar. Rar. <laughs> but yes. We, on we can that. approve that. Yes. I heartily approve of this <laughs> message. This is Knit One Geek 2 endorsed. Yes. <laughs> and then, of course, this past Thursday was also the release date for J.K. Rowling's newest book, The Casual Vacancy. Mm-hmm. Which, again, I haven't had a chance to read it yet. I haven't gotten a copy yet, but I've seen some good reviews of it. That's good. That's good. So I'm very much looking forward to it. But apparently she was... There's an interview with her in the New Yorker from... Actually, it's going to be in the October... It's from the future. Oh, my God. What kind of network are you hooked up to? (laughs) I don't know, man, but I'm going to keep it. It's actually... I'm sure it's going to be in the next... you have the lotto numbers for this coming weekend? (laughs) I'm sure it's going to be in the next print issue, but they've already got it up online. So the article is dated October 1st, 2012. Yippee. Like, woo. And it's called Muggle March. (laughs) <laughs> J.K. Rowling writes a realist novel for adults by Ian Parker. And it's a pretty long article. It's like 10 pages long, so I haven't seen, read all of it. Though, you know, not surprisingly, one of the first things she mentions in it is she has a map of Pagford, which is the town in the book. Why does this not surprise me? <laughs> Considering all the notes and everyone, family trees and stuff she had for Harry Potter. But there was a, a Flavor Wire has a couple excerpts that they've they pulled out, and one of them kind of got a laugh from. She said, uh, apparently she said something something about, I had a lot of real-world material in me, believe you me. The thing about fantasy, there are certain things you just don't do in fantasy. You don't have sex near unicorns. It's an ironclad rule. It's It's tacky. tacky. Meanwhile, George R. R. Martin is like, huh, I haven't done that yet. Tapity, tapity, tapity. I haven't done that to, you know, totally blast the minds out of my readers. (laughs) And I mean, I did see someone else saying something about, like, I haven't seen the context around this quote, so I don't know if she said more on that, but... You know, or something about more about, you know, not having... I don't think she was meaning sex and fantasy at all, because, like, seriously, have you seen Game of, Game of Thrones? Yeah. Or some of the other fantasy novels? Boobs, sex, boobs, blood. Boobs <laughs> and sex and sex and fighting. fighting and, and then boobs and sex. 
But I'm sure she means within, like, you know, maybe she means in the context of, like, what she was writing or in the context of, you know, trying to set it. There are certain things, you know, she feels like she can't do in fantasy. Yeah. And that's so she's, you know, wanted to do more in sort of real world stuff. And from what I've read of interview of, not interviews, of reviews for A Casual Vacancy, there it is quite a bit more adult, yeah, and grittier mm-hmm. and, again, more realistic. I believe there's one point, I think I mentioned there's something about one teenage character who's uh, serves at least for one point of view character in the novel and there there was a little bit of something about boobs <laughs> in there of course because it's a teenage boy yeah point of view now there's going to be lots of books out there about unicorn sex mm-hmm. sex on unicorns near unicorns for unicorns unicorn sex for dummies except the condoms but yeah, so you can except check the condoms out- go on the horn <laughs> I broke Karen. The I winced. That's not much of a break. Yeah, it was enough. It, my brain had already somewhat got there. Okay, fine. I just didn't really want it to. Not any further, at least. The interview is on the New Yorker's website for free right now. I don't know if their stuff goes behind a paywall when it gets to a certain age, so I cannot guarantee that it will still be there for free if you listen to this episode three months from now. Yeah, well. But you might want to check that out. Currently, there's an oh no's situation on the set of Avengers. No, not Avengers, sorry, on Thor 2. Yes. Jamie Alexander plays Sif, and she was the dark-haired woman that sort of kicked ass. Yes, of Thor's friends. Yes, the one described as Xena. She has sustained what has been quoted as a a horrible injury on set. Something went wrong. There are no real details that are coming out, but she is on medication, and she did post a tweet that she says she is lucky that she was not paralyzed. So, which, that sounds serious. That sounds bad. That sounds really bad. Yeah. She did also post a tweet from the other day saying that speedy recovery is taking place. So, hopefully she's feeling better soon, because I want Sif to be her badass self in Yeah, I mean, Thor. want her desperately to be to be healed and properly, but oh my god, Sif is, is not the kind to sort of just stand there behind something while battle goes on. Yes. She she is in the thick of it, and we would really like to see Jamie in Thor too. So, speedy recovery to you, and one of the jokes was that, you know, we're all now imagining Sif, what was it, in the hospital bed, hopped up on medicines while she's yelling at Thor and the Warriors 3 about how she wants to give Loki a buzz cut. <laughs> yeah, that was from the Mary Sue. <laughs> and I'm just thinking about how... Um, I want to read that fanfic now. I'm just thinking that they're all saying, please, God of healing, heal this woman fast because she is pain in the ass when she's strapped to the hospital bed and can't go anywhere. Mm-hmm. And I really wanted to... I was so looking forward to seeing her like being badass in the movie. Yeah, and I mean, especially, I hope she's, you know, feeling better soon. Especially, too, because, like, movie filming is not something where it's be like, oh, we just, we'll take a break for, yeah, you know, X amount of time. And I would love to see her, to, for her to be a big part of this, so. Feel better! And thank God it wasn't worse. Yeah, really. I was so glad that she is okay and doing better by the end of it. Lots of stuff can happen, things can happen on movie sets. Or anywhere, yeah, really. Like, yes, anywhere. <laughs> but not very many of us are sort of, like, on horseback with you know, swords yeah. and, and dealing with this kind of activity. Yeah. And just as a, as a quick little side note, too, there was also mentioned that anybody who's who lives in Cleveland might want to keep their eye out in 2013 because Captain America the Winter Soldier will be filming there. 
Sweet. So, you know, keep your eye out for certain spangly, spangly outfitted hunks. <laughs> Of course, I just realized. I was thinking, wow, 2013, we have to wait that long? That's quite a ways away. And then, like, no, idiot. <laughs> it's 2012. That's next year. It's like, oh, I don't want to wait a few years for the next Captain America and, movie. And it's almost October yeah. 2012. <laughs> it's almost the end of 2012. Yeah. Duh. Okay, so in Cravings, Covets, and Crushes, so there is another new online knitting magazine. Da 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 da! This one is a sister publication to The Sock Report, which I still want to keep saying rapport. Maybe you need to write a novel all about socks and how they feature into politics and espionage and mystery and murder and knitting, magic. Knitting espionage novel. Now, there is a combination I've never seen. There's a fanfic somewhere yes. in there. But yes, this one is called Skein Theory, and it's edited by Janelle Laidman, who I believe also does... Sock report. The was science some... of knitting happiness. Yes. And its first volume, fall 2012, just came out. And you can find it at skeintheory.com, S-K-E-I-N-T-H-E-O-R-Y.com. And basically it says it's going to come out every six months. And at least this issue has 16 patterns. You can purchase patterns individually for $6.50 each, or you can purchase the entire collection for $16, so a dollar per pattern. Okay. It says, we are a curated collection of patterns that comes out twice a year in a visually beautiful format, meant to inspire your creative side with editorial stories, lush photography, and fun themes. And you can read the description of, you know, where the name comes from in the from the editor section. But moving into the patterns, and of course they have articles and things like that, there is, ooh, this one. Tiakan or Tiakan Or Tiakan. It's T-I-A-C-A-N. And it's a shawl, sort of like a semicircular shawl, that is very pretty. And the way it's set up, each pattern has a single sort of main page, but off to the side they have different images that you can click on. And so it, it just changes in the main page, so you don't have to click away to a different page and then right, get back to right. the, the same page in the magazine. And same thing with the information about the pattern and the designer. And this one is... Oh, it's so good. It's done in wool myself. Oh, God. And so it's in a fingering weight yarn, approximately 200, 420 or 650 yards. So obviously there's two different sizes. It's reminiscent of American Indian art. I thought that when I saw mm, it. It is really pretty. There aren't really what look like to be cables or such in this type of shawl. It's where the eyelets are placed that sort of imply the geometric design. Yeah, it's very geometric. And then one of the other ones I liked was Ravine Pullover. Yes. By Glenna C. Hi, Glenna. And this is a really pretty pullover with a slight sort of scoop neck and cable, big wide cable panel going down the front. Edged with two narrow cables on each Mm -hmm. side. And plain, and it's mirrored on the back. And then it looks like plain sleeves. It looks like there might be a little shaping in there, too. Or maybe it's just... No, it's de- no. there's definitely shaping, now that I look at this picture. Yep. yep, there's definitely waist shaping in there. And it just looks like a really nice, cozy, cabled sweater. And it's in worsted weight wool. And then Glenna also has the Dundurn cardigan. So pretty, that one. Which is another cable. And this one's got cables going up the sides of the sort of opening to the... The button bands. The, uh, yeah, the cardigan. And then also on the back in the same sort of formation. And they're mirror cables. They, you know, tilt different ways on each side of the opening. And it's inspired by the pale Edwardian columns of the historic Dundurn Castle in my hometown of Hamilton, Ontario. Yay! I haven't been to Dundurn Castle in ages. I should go again. I've never been. We should go. Okay. And it says the card, it's worked, worked flat and then seamed together. 
before picking up stitches for the button band and the collar. And that one's also in worsted weight yarn, too. We're basically just picking up the... the we're not mentioning every pattern here, obviously. We're just make, p mentioning the ones that we saw. We were like... This one, Snowdrops, was really neat. It's a set with a hat, fingerless mitts, and a scarf. The really cool thing is the top of the hat has these cables that sort of converge with the decreases to make this flower shape at the very top of the yeah. crown. It's really cool. And it's not like a toque or a beanie kind of hat. It's more like a tam. Yeah, definitely more like a tam. And actually, let me just see what's the weight of that one. That's worsted weight yarn. It's really cute. It is. I really like the stitch pattern on the mineral hat and fingerless mitts set too. And it looks really good in that very good yarn. And if there's anybody out there who's afraid of putting in zippers, which I have been, you might want to check out, there's an article in here about the easiest zipper install ever, and it does look, by Carol Sheridan, and it does look like it's a pretty easy way to put in a zipper. I may have to actually bite the bullet and try it. <laughs> oh, this one. Oh, yes. But just before that, there is, I'm, I'm not big on like knitted skirts because I do wonder how they would stretch out with my butt. But I do love that there's a knitted skirt called Mary Sue. I just love the name. Oh, this one. Mistral. Oh, it's a circular shawl. Or it looks like you can do it as a half circle as well. But there is, there's so much negative space in it. It is. I really love it. But there is, there is, are a few areas, like most of it is like holes, but there are a few areas where it looks where there's fairly wide bands of like knitted cloth. Yeah, of what looks like probably like stockinette or garter yeah. stitch to make sort of that you know positive space and diamond shapes, and it is gorgeous. It sort of reminds me of what a peacock tail would look like if you mm -hmm. made a mosaic out of mm -hmm. it. Yeah, and yeah, it's stockinette stitch in those areas. But, I mean, most of it is just this mesh, so those stockinette areas really stand out, especially, like, in the first photo where a lot of it you're seeing sort of through it. And, actually, one of them is actually done in hand-spun from one of the fiber-optic yarns gradient dyes. Mm -hmm. So it gradually changes colors on the way out of the and that's, circle. And that's a beautiful effect. Yeah, it says the gradient version uses two strands of a thin lace weight yarn held together that achieve the same gauge as one strand of a fingering weight yarn. So it's a fingering weight yarn circular shawl using approximately 850 or 1450 yards, depending on whether you're doing the half circle or the full circle. That could be, that would be really gorgeous for different like color gradations or color effects like that. Yeah. I think that one has to go in the queue. And then of course at the end there's also you know, examinations of the different yarns that they use, little thank yous. They have test knitters for everything. And thank yous to all of the models, including the pup. Yeah, including the dog. Because they, they do say that, our, you know, here at Skein Theory, our models come to us from the regular world. And there are different sort of body types and... Body types and heights and sizes and shapes. Yeah. So, yeah. So you can buy the entire digital collection as one, like we said, for $16. You can buy patterns individually for $6.50, or they also have, you can purchase a digital and print bundle, so you get access to the PDF versions right away, and the print version will be available near the end of October for $24. They ship the print, they'll ship the printed book as soon as it arrives. The print upgrade price includes shipping to the U.S. and Canada. International shipping is extra, so it'll start at $24. And also it looks like the print version will be available at local yarn stores at the end of October. Cool. So keep your eye out for that if you'd like the print version. I found this and immediately thought of Karen. Oh my god, I want that so bad. I found this through Wicked Clothes, but it was shown on Etsy. Her Etsy store is, it's called Ophelia's Gypsy Caravan. So if you go to www.etsy.com slash shop slash Ophelia, L-P-H-E-L-I-A-S, 
G-Y-P-S-Y-C-A-R-A-V-A-N. Oh my god, that is gorgeous. It has since been sold, naturally, but it was a full tea set. A teapot, four cups, and matching saucers. Everything decorated with the four houses of the of Hogwarts. Oh so my god. The Hogwarts crest was on the teapot, and it's one of the tall teapots, not mm-hmm. one of the round like ones. Like a tall, narrow teapot. And then each cup was decorated with the name of the house. And I don't know what the writing is. Probably, I think it's part of the Sorting Hat song that... True, true, true. Hat ...that describes each house. Let me see. Yeah, each house... Reading from the listing. Each house has its own teacup and saucer, each with the appropriate emblem and colors, and each with a saucer covered in a swirl of description from the various Sorting Hat songs throughout the books. If you read the saucers, you'll have a good idea of what characteristics make Gryffindor, Slytherin, Hufflepuff, and Ravenclaw unique, as if you didn't already know. Yes. Only the people who pretty much already know would be going, yes, take my money. Yeah, it does say this is the ultimate tea set for Potterheads and is utterly one of a kind. Ah, sigh. But it's still very pretty to look at. Mm Mm-hmm. It is gorgeous. I want it. She does have, actually looking at her shop, she does have other teacups and mugs and things with Harry Potter and Doctor Who and Princess Bride and Anna Green Gables and other things. Oh my god. The Geek Triumvirate Canister Set. Harry <laughs> Potter, Doctor Who, and Lord of the Rings. <laughs> it's a can- set of canisters like you'd have for like flour, sugar, that sort of thing. But one has the Deathly Hallows symbol on it. One has a TARDIS. And one has the White Tree of Gondor. That's beautiful. And on the top... Don't let the muggles get you down. We're all, story- we're all stories in the end. Just make it a good one, eh? From the doctor. <laughs> and all we have to do, have to decide is what to do with the time that is given to us. Oh. From Gandalf. Oh. oh my god. Yeah, the listing for this one says, This is one of those things I am so excited about, I almost can't bring myself to sell, to sell it. And she does have mugs and other things. Is that the leaky And she does, have, she does have simple listings for sip, simple and complex custom mugs. So you can get a custom mug. There's also a leaky cauldron glass tankard. Nice. There's also little geek medallions like that you could wear on a necklace. There's Shakespeare. Always. Oh. Mr. and Mrs. Hand-Painted Wedding Mugs with little vines on it. So those are some really cute... There's some other really cute pottery things on there. Pottery. Sorry! (laughs) It's my job to make the bad puns. And and she's got them sorted, too, by Harry Potter, Doctor Who, classic literature, children's literature, that sort of thing. Her Etsy store is... It's called Ophelia's Gypsy Caravan. Maybe you and I will have to get some mugs. Yes, we'll have to do that. And then finally, there's a company... A movie collectibles company called EFX that has prepared a number of different really cool items, a really cool like sort of movie reproduction items, including they have already done, I should say, Captain America posters. As in his tour that was happening during the time of yeah. the war. So they look yeah, like, like the, they're vintage. Or the the propaganda posters like, you know, for buying, you know, buy war bonds now, that sort of thing. Yeah, they were printed from the original digital files supplied by Marvel Studios. 22 by 36 inches, archival acid-free paper. It says free shipping to any U.S. address for a limited time only. International customers, please contact us for shipping handling costs at customers at their email address. And... You can find these at efxcollectibles.com. But one thing they are developing, which I don't think is available yet, is... 
Take my money. Captain America trading cards. Take my damn money. Take my money. And they even have blood on them. Yes. You so have the, the option of getting blood or yes. unblood. Yes, you can get... Unblood? That's not a word. Anyway. Yes. So those trading cards... That, that were in Coulson's <laughs> pocket or locker, depending on if you want to believe Nick Fury or not. But yes, you can have those... You can have Coulson's Captain America trading cards. Take my money! <laughs> I want them so bad. You know I'm going as female Colson from Halloween, right? I, I'll buy that. Yeah. <laughs> I am totally doing it. They're on the website, but there's no information on there yet. Like, no description or anything like that. So they're not available just yet. But it looks like you will be able to order them soon. And they do have reproductions of other things, too. They do have items for Star Wars, Men in Black 3, Battlestar Galactica, Disney, which they're working, they're working on the Disney stuff. But for Marvel, I know they've also done prop replicas, like they've done replicas of Thor, Captain America, and Iron Man's helmets, which are also in development. But apparently they had a lot of this stuff at Comic-Con, and people were just going nuts. Looks like... The hammer. Yes. And the shield. Oh, heck, if my son sees that. Well, (laughs) I'm sure these are going to be, like, especially the prop replicas are going to be... Not the sort of thing one would buy for a five. No, I'm sure you'll be no. able to get him, you know, a shield. We've made him shields. He wants to be <laughs> Captain America for the second time in a row in his short little <laughs> life. And, you know, it's not that I'm against Captain America at all. I just keep trying to say, well, what about another, you know, superhero, like maybe a Canadian one? Don't you want to go as Wolverine? Isn't he cool? No, I want to go as Captain America. I'm like, all right, fine. I'll just, you know, sew a little maple leaf onto your tushy. But, yeah, so you might want to check out their website. Again, that's efxcollectibles.com. For, they've got all They've got, you know, helmets for... Darth Vader and Stormtroopers and lightsabers and... X-Wing pilot helmets. <laughs> but yes, I am going to be eyeing those trading cards and seeing how much they cost when they actually come out. If the posters are 20 bucks, mm-hmm. which is not bad considering not it's bad. from like, the original files yeah. and everything. That's not bad. The trading cards, especially the non-altered ones. Hmm. What is that? Looks like there's an extra card in there to start it off. Agent Coulson's vintage Captain America trading cards, which has Coulson on the front. Oh, poor Coulson. Shut up, Coulson lives. Okay. Of course, they have the one of Cap punching Hitler in the face. Yeah. I want these really, really badly. Okay, and done. (laughs) So, yes, with those happy little images in my head for the evening, shall we wrap up? Yeah, I think so. (laughs) I'll be in my bunk. Well, uh, I'm not going to see everybody for a little while because I will not be here next week. Yes. I am going on a trip. But but we have, I will be here next week. And we have cornered the newbie, so to speak, <laughs> into replacing me for the night. Yes. So she is going to be co-hosting. Yes, she is. We will see how long this episode lasts. <laughs> she she is thoroughly terrified, but she normally is at the beginning of these things. Yes. And she adapts quickly, so good for her. She did say when she when we were recording last time that after a while she did forget the microphone yep. was there. Yes. We're very proud of you, Lauren, and congratulations on the new hat. Yes, she finished her first project. Yep. But we'll let her tell you more about that next week. Yes. So until then, have a good week, everybody. Bye-bye. Everybody be good while I'm gone. Like that's going to happen. Yeah, well. Thanks for listening. To visit our show notes, listen to old episodes, or leave something in our tip jar, you can visit us at knit1geek2.emptypockets.org. That's K-N-I-T-1-G-E-E-K-2.mt-p-o-c-k-e-t-s dot O-R-G. 
You can also comment at our Ravelry group. Just search the Ravelry groups for Knit One Geek 2. We're also on Twitter. You can find us at www.twitter.com slash knit one geek 2. Have a good week, everybody.